Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. All right, if you guys would restand for the meeting of God's Word. This is coming from Jonah chapter 2. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me, and your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, let's pray real quick. Dear God, thank you for this morning. Blessed be with us. Help us learn something today and just leaning closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a seat. Have a seat. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Yeah, good. All right. Is anybody more excited than Blake right now? I think you can't beat Blake. Yeah. Mary this morning? Okay, I like it. Well, good morning, guys. We're excited. We have a second service. First service was awesome. And I thought you can already sense coming into this service that uh, God is on the move, and we're just glad you're here. Um, my name is Marius, the, what do you call it, Germ- German sensation or whatever. Um, so uh, you have to deal with me this morning. So uh, uh, it should be a good morning. I'm excited. Um, I want to recap for those of you this is your first time or you missed maybe last week. We're in our Jonah series now. So if you missed it, please go back and listen to it. It was uh, Pastor Bronson talked about God loves who you hate. And to kind of summarize it, just to give you a recap, we're talking about the Ninevites who were probably the baddest people on the planet, okay? They're bad to the bone. They would do the craziest thing. They cut people in half to show their power. They would uh, suppress people. It was like a terrorist state. And those were the people that God had called Jonah to go to. And honestly, a lot of times we judge Jonah like, bro, just listen to God and do what he's calling you to do. But it's understandable that he's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Anything else, like I'll, I'll tell those folks, but the Nevites, no way. And he ran away from it, right? And it's understandable that he ran. But today, we're going to see where his running led to and see where he is at now. Uh, today's thesis is going to be God delivers us from our despair. And the title is Salvation is the Lord's, and I'm excited to dig deep with you guys today. I hope you guys are ready. Um, Pray real quick, and then we're going to get started. Dear God, thank you so much for this morning. Help us to understand what you have for us, and that when when we're in despair, that you come to our rescue. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the other day I was watching a movie, and uh, um, I know you I think it's probably an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but it's not. I, I, we can watch other movies too, it's okay. I, it doesn't have to be one of his movies, okay? Uh, the chopper. Ah. 
Uh, well, I wasn't watching that movie. I was watching actually the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, okay? And I think I'm gonna get really unpopular today because I watch movies like 20 minutes here and there at night, like before I go to sleep, or like, you know, I have 15 minutes, I'll watch a little bit of it. And I have a very unpopular opinion, I think, and I wanna see if there's anybody else like me out there. But basically, to get you up on speed, and I'm gonna spoil the whole thing for you guys, you're welcome, but it's also kind of basic, so you'll be fine. But basically, the hero, Chris Pratt is the hero, he saves the world in the day, and you know, he gets all the people that were in distress, he gets them on the safe side, and with basically, you know the drill, with the last saving act, the last, I don't know, person or animal, I don't know what it was, he saves the last person, and as that happens, he starts floating away into the space. And he doesn't have the equipment on, he doesn't have a suit, and he's kind of human, I think, I'm not sure, but I think he's just a human. So he's drifting off into space. Yeah, I love movies, it's great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, so he's drifting off, and y'all all know this kind of scene where there's people over there, they're saved, and Chris Pratt's slowly fading into the distance, and you guys over here, you know, they're all desperate, like, oh, no, so what's happening to him? <laughs> and it's probably 15 times the same shot. Like, he goes further, falls further away, they're more in distress. They, he falls further away, they're more in distress, and they go on their knees, and they're starting to really cry because he's going to be dead soon. But basically, on the last shot, Chris Pratt is here. He's like freezing to death, I guess, is the picture. And you can see in the last shot that that guy is gone. He is lifeless. He's just, he's gone, done with. And you think this is it. He's gone forever. And the guys over here, last shot for them, their reality sets in that they are gone. And then in the last second, some golden dude, I don't know why he's gold, flies in, he flies in, saves the guy, brings him back. He's back to life, he's happy ending, and uh, I was very annoyed. Um, why am I annoyed? Um, see, I actually don't mind if one of the main characters dies uh, in a movie. Is there anybody else like me out there, or is it just me? Uh, a couple of you guys, okay. A couple of you guys are in the same boat as me. Um, but the rest of it, and all, same for me, there's something about us that we love a last minute save. We love the iconic that you're drowning and this hand is stretched out in the last moment somebody reaches down and pulls you out of the water. Or somebody's falling off the building and in the last seconds, Spider-Man or whomever comes by and saves the person before they are in despair. Why do we love those stories so much? It's because there's something deep within us that longs to be saved. There's something within each of us that longs for the gospel to be true. That when we reach up our hand for help, that there's somebody reaching down, saving us. And today, we will unpack the heart of God portrayed here long before Jesus walked this earth to be part of the biggest save in human history. We will continue to follow the prophet Jonah in his journey as he will descend to one of the darkest and loneliest places in his last breath, he recognized his distance to the presence of God. He reaches up just to be saved in the last moments by a great fish, by the command of God. We will see that the book of Jonah is foreshadowing the incomprehensible and logic-defined rescue mission of our souls from the grists of death and being made right with God through Jesus Christ. And having an opportunity for a second chance, a chance to live a life close to God, with Jesus by our side, helping us through the challenges that we face, and to bring glory to the one true God who chose to have grace on us when we deserve death. Yeah. I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. We're going to do a deep dive into this 
to this kind of chapter. And uh, there's so much more to be said about this chapter. So I want to encourage you guys to, on your own time, dig back in. When you come home tonight, you have time, like dig back deep and see what else you can find. But what we're looking at today is kind of a poetic Thanksgiving psalm prayer. So last week we had a narrative chapter, so it was a lot of story time. Today we're going to be pausing in the narrative and kind of focus on this prayer that Jonah prayed while he was in the belly of the great fish. And then next, next time we pick up the series, we'll continue with our narrative of what Jonah does. And what we'll see here today, we'll see a lot of structure and imagery of psalm language. So it's a poetic language, and a lot of images will be given to us to kind of put ourselves in the, in the feet of Jonah where he's at, to kind of see ourselves in it as well. And to kind of stay in that uh, poetic structure, we're gonna, the first part is going to be titled today that it's going to be called The Descent to Darkness. So the first part of chapter 2, we'll be looking at The Descent to Darkness. That's point one. And I wonder, have you ever been around a parent uh, with just a, a rotten kid that is going crazy? Everywhere you go, you take that kid, he's going to find stuff, he's going to break stuff, he's going to be disrespectful. And when you talk to the parent, they think it is the sweet baby angel walking on earth. And, you, and they're like, they could never do anything wrong. My baby boy, he's the sweetest. He's, he couldn't hurt a fly. And you're like, he's doing it right now. He's like smashing two things together and just going crazy at it. And the only thing is, like, he can do wrong, but you're just not correcting it or addressing it. And for a lot of us, this is the modern view of God. The modern view of God is we live however we want, and God just loves us. But if we're honest with ourselves, we all know that there are places in us that need to be corrected. On our own, we're headed down, down, and down, just like Jonah was. And we're going to look at the descent of Jonah, but I also want to invite us on a journey to see ourselves in this as well. It's easy for us to say, well, Jonah, you did real bad there. But I want us to really put ourselves in that story as well. In chapter 1, we're seeing a repetition of the word down. So if you go back to chapter 1, you can read it tonight. Um, and in chapter 2, the descent will continue. Uh, but let's look back real quick. So in, the, in chapter 1, he goes down to Joppa, no, uh, Jonah. He goes down to the boat, down to the inner part of the boat. And then he had lain down even more and was fast asleep. So this is where we're at, we're at when we're ending the story, when he was tossed off the boat. But let's keep an eye out for more downward momentum for Jonah in this next chapter. Chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. And if you have your Bibles, this will not be showing up on the screen. Now we're going to enter into like a, um, a prayer text. So you can kind of see in your Bible, it's like this was a little introduction. This is kind of like a synopsis recap of what's about to happen. And we're going to dig deep into the prayer as well. But I want to point out one thing real quick before we go, keep on going here. Um, let's see where we're at here. Go, go back to verse 2 real quick. There you go, the realm of the dead, okay? This is where I want to focus on because we're going to find ourselves here back later. And I want you to, to, to remember that place for a second because we're going to unpack that a little bit more what that means for Jonah. But this is where we're headed. So now we're about to see the descent to that place, to the realm of dead, uh, which we're going to unpack a little bit more later. But in verse 3, it keeps going with, You hurled me into the depth, into the very heart of the seas. And the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. 
So I want to pause, and again, he just got tossed off the boat. He's in the water now, and he can probably keep himself up for a little bit, right? If you get in the water, we can keep ourselves up for a little bit. In this picture right here, he's, he's still right there with the, with the waves and the breakers. So he's, his head's still floating, floating a little bit. He can maybe still swim a little bit, and he's holding on, but he's not going down yet. But then in verse 4 it says, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. And again, this is poetic language and imagery, right? So we can see he was up there with the waves and he's slowly going down. Now he's at the seaweed. Seaweed grows on the, on the ground, right? On the bottom of the ocean. So he's going further down. He's almost to the, to the ground. He's almost at the bottom of the, of, the, of the ocean. And he keeps sinking down. Verse 6, the roots of the mountains I sank down, to the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. What is showing us here is this picture of he is at the, at the ground. He's at the bottom. He's at rock bottom. He's at the, at the roots of the mountain. Where the mountains go tall up in on land, at the very bottom in the sea is where the, the roots are. He's painting this picture of almost being closed in by the earth, where he's on the ground and the earth is about to swallow him up and close him in forever into the dark place. And the verse before it says, the deep, the deep was surrounding me. I don't know about you, but if you ever go swimming, if you dive deep, it gets darker and darker, right? So what we're finding here is Jonah, he's at the darkest spot. He's at the, on the bottom. He's on the, on the very depth of the water. And let's look a little bit deeper what that place is. In, in, in the ESV translation uh, of Jonah 2.2, it translates to the belly of Sheol. I cried and, I, and you heard my voice. So what is that realm of dead? What is that pit, the bottom of the ocean, the, the realm of dead, but also it's called the belly of Sheol. And that place is also, here's some, some words that describe that place. It's the underworld. It's the place where the, the dead are designated to. It's a place of no return. It's a place without praise of God. That's where the wicked are sent for punishment. He's in deep. He's in the dark. He's lonely. He's by himself. And he's about to be closed in by the earth forever. And without Christ, we're all headed there. We are all headed there without Christ. We have to stop here and look at it for a second because we are all descending to darkness from the day we were born. Our choices by ourselves are going down to the place of no return. We're going to the place where wicked are sent for punishment without Christ. For some of you, it might feel like that you're at rock bottom right now. Maybe some of your choices or life has just been spiraling down to the point where you're at, where you look back two years ago and you can't believe how far you've gotten down. Maybe two years ago you were close with God, things are going well, and you lost everything. Your bank account's empty. Your family's in shambles, your relationships are broken, and you find yourself spiraled down to rock bottom. And you're holding on, and it feels like you can't even see the light anymore. And again, I want to, to picture to you guys, so for Jonah's at the bottom of the ocean, the deep surrounds him, he's dark, and he looks up to where he used to see the temple, the presence of God, and all he can see is darkness. He can't even see the light anymore. And that's where you may be at right now. And for some of you guys, it might be the opposite. You're thinking, I'm, I'm on top of the mountain right now. I'm far away from rock bottom. I'm, I got my routines. I got my things going for me. Things are looking good. I'm, you know, getting a promotion at work. I'm doing the right things. I'm, you know, showing up for church every Sunday and to check that off. And you're doing all the right things. But I want to challenge you. If you're in that place, you still have to evaluate yourself. 
because I was at the same place for a long time of my life. I was living, when I grew up, I was living this double life of going to church and saying the right things and you know, being in a youth group and all this stuff. But in reality, I was also at school doing all the wrong things with all the wrong people. And I had to, at some point, when I came to New York, I was sitting on the river and I had a moment where I had to look back and face the realities that my life was leading to destruction. My life, the way I was living it by myself, was just going deeper down and down the spiral. And at the end of it, my, the result would have been death. And I had to accept the reality that I can't do it by myself, that I, spiritually I was going down the drain. I, re- I had to realize I was wicked in my heart. And I had to ask Jesus to come help and save me from this problem. And again, I, this, I want to stop for a second here because I want to have you guys kind of evaluate where you're at. Because it can be easy for me to just talk and for us to read Jonah and, and not really make a self-assessment of where you're at. Because it's so easy for us to get into this moment where we think we can do it ourselves. Where we can do this to do the right thing and show up in church on Sunday, we'll be fine. But we have to understand that our choices and our sin is separating us from God. In Ephesians 2, it says, As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sin. And this means all of us. And I want to stop and pause again for a second to let you guys kind of locate where you're at in the process. Have you accepted the reality that without him, you're going down and down? Or are you still trying to swim by yourself, fighting the waves and breakers? Because if you just make it back to land, you can you know, fix these things and tell this person that and kind of make your own way back. Or are you accepting the reality that with our, with our transgression and sins, we are separated from God and we need a savior. And what I love about the book of Jonah is actually the very point that we all need a savior. And there's no, there's no difference between the prophet of Jonah, who is supposed to be representing God and speaking God's truth to people, that he needs savings, but also the sailors that are going on their way, they're worshiping idols, they're doing their own thing, they need it to be saved, and also the Ninevites, the worst people on the earth, they also need a saving. So Jonah and the Ninevites are in the same boat of needing to be saved. And so are we. Without Christ, we cannot do it. We need his help. Without Jesus, we're all at rock bottom at some point. Even though it might not feel like that for you, you're like, oh, I'm good. At some point, without Jesus, you will face the belly of Sheol, the the realm of dead, and if you have him, you can be set free. And that is where Jonah's at. He is at the bottom. I want to get pictured in, in this moment right now in the storyline. He is floating between the seaweed. The seaweed is wrapped around him. The grisp of death is they're right there. It's closing in on him. The earth is about to swallow Jonah up, and he's going to be forever gone. But God, but God. Timothy Keller says this. He points out that the text has been depicting Jonah as descending, going down to Joppa, down to a ship, down to the depth of the ship, and now finally he's even further down into the very depth of the ocean. We covered that part. But here's what he says, what I think is very interesting for us. But not until he was all the way down, finally stripped, away, stripped of his own self-sufficiency, was deliverance possible. And again, I want to picture us in there because it's easy for us to be self-sufficient where we can think we can do it ourselves. But only when we get to the place where we realize we cannot do it, we need Jesus, we need help, is deliverance possible. And that's exactly what God does. Let's look at point two, grace at rock bottom. That's our second point. And we're going to pick up in the second half of verse six 
But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. We just talked about he's in the pit. He's in the belly of Sheol, and the, the, the dead is right there, but our God brought us back up. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and then my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. What a beautiful picture. And I want to, again, I want to have you see the whole picture that Jonah is flowing away. He's about to die, and he probably has these thoughts of, if I could only be close to God one more time. And he remembered, it says right here, he remembered you, Lord. And I think what's important for us as we live life with people around us, if it's your kids or people at church or your neighbors or people at work, we get to plant seeds in people so that whenever they find themselves in a pit, that they would do exactly what Jonah did, which is remember the Lord. Right? A lot of times when we plant seeds, we're like, well, it's not, it's not helping. There is no food right now. But sometimes when we find ourselves in the pit and we're at the bottom of whatever life thrown on us, we remember the Lord and then we pray to him. And I think that's what, what Jonah did. I think Jonah realized his choices have gotten him here. We talked about his running. This is where it led to. He, his running led to him being at the bottom of the ocean in the death. And I think he remembered the sweet presence of God, and he remembered his character of who God is. And this is what Tim Keller says about when you're at the bottom. But it's not simply being at the bottom that begins to change Jonah, but prayer at the bottom. Prayer at the bottom, right? This is where the difference for if we have Christ in our lives, when we face rock bottom, we face these storms and these tribulations, we have a, pray, a place to pray and come to. Those that don't have Christ, they have nothing. They're just at the bottom. And that's why we get to share the love of Christ to people. We get to plant these seeds that when people will be in despair, that they remember, this one person has told me once, if I can just call out to Jesus, he can save me. And that's the same available for us. When we find ourselves in despair, we can pray and he will show up. Last week, Bronson talked about how angry Jonah was at God because he knew his father heart of mercy. Remember, he didn't want to see salvation for these bad people. Because he didn't feel like they deserved it. He was fighting that. That was a struggle. But here, Jonah remembers God's father heart of mercy, and he runs toward it. He actually realizes for the first time that he is the prodigal who has realized that it's time to go home. He realized that it's time for him to come home to God. And right there, grace found him. That's who God was, and that's who God is. The same God that has sent a great fish to swallow Jonah for three days is about to send his one and only son to walk this earth to die a criminal's death just to be risen back to life after three days to save us. He's delivering us that grace that we don't deserve. He delivers us from the pit and puts us back on our feet and gives us a way of living. Grace is undeserved favor from an unobligated giver. If we understand this one line to the core of what it is, we'll be changed forever. If we understand, if you put it up one more time real quick, if we understand that we don't deserve the favor of grace, and also we understand that God was not obligated to give that grace, we can live out a life full with grace in our hearts. And we accept this grace, it will change the way we live. We get to walk hand in hand with Jesus, and he sent us his Holy Spirit so we can be in God's presence every day. And that's the story of how God came down and reached down to us and pulled us back up through his grace. And I want to point back the picture of this little chapter because we started off on top of the ocean and we kind of went down. We were at rock bottom and we're about to go back up. 
And I want to, again, invite you in your own personal life. Where, do you, where are you at in the storyline? Because here's point three. Point three is ascending back to God's presence. We'll pick back up in verse eight, if you're following along. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, will shout, I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. See, Jonah responds the right way for now. In the next chapters, we'll see there's still tension. Jonah is on a journey. But for now, Jonah has only one goal. He's one goal right now. He wants to get back to God's presence and to do what he can to be made right. See, back in the day, Jonah was still in the sacrificial system. So there was no way of getting right with God through Jesus. So he had to go to the temple. He had to go to God's presence and offer a sacrifice. And that was the way back then how he could be restored back to God's presence and be right with him. So Jonah did the right thing. When he was found in trouble and he was saved, he remembered that he had to turn from his ways and be made right with God. Through, again, back then through sacrifice, but we can learn from that as well. Because when we get saved and we find ourselves in despair and God shows up, it should call us to repent. Tim Keller says, he goes on in his quote from earlier, the temple and the sacrificial system established all three of these grace truths as a foundation. We're sinners, we're unable to save ourselves, and, and able to be saved only through extreme costly measures. And only, I think, if we understand both three, all three of those truths, we get a full picture of grace and what it really should do to us. If we understand that we can't do it ourselves because we're sinners, then, and then we need somebody who have a really heavy sacrifice for us, that's what Jesus came on this earth to do for us, then we realize that this grace is not cheap, but it came with a great cost. And it should call us to turn from our ways and to want to be close to God and change the way we live because of his great cost that he paid for us. And we've already covered how grace doesn't invite us into a life to do whatever we want to, right? We, we had the sermons on, on Romans. But it should invite us into a life of picking up our cross daily and to have a dialogue with God where we talk about things and we can wrestle and we can be changed and transformed more and more into the image of his. And we'll see the human side of Jonah even more later in the chapters where he goes back to some of his old ways He's, he's struggling. He's on a journey. And I think it should give us peace because we're also on a journey. We're not going to ace it every day. We're going to have to turn back, repent, come close to God again, ask him for forgiveness, have him mold us and help us every step of the way to become more and more like him. But we have to remember one thing, that we get to tackle this life with Jesus. His blood and body was shed for us so we have a way back to God's presence. Jonah didn't have that. But we get to live this life with Jesus on our side. The last part from Tim Keller here is that God releases Jonah from the fish, even though, as will become obvious soon, his repentance is only partial. Yet the merciful God patiently works with us, flawed and clueless though we are. And we're going to land this plane kind of here, and I want to kind of enter into like a time of reflection for you guys because this is the fundamental truth that we have to accept first, that we are flawed and clueless. Before Jesus, I was flawed and clueless. By myself, I was headed straight down to the realm of the dead. But yet the merciful God patiently works with us. 
He doesn't want us to become robots that do the right things for the wrong reasons. He wants to invite us in a relationship and walk with him every step of the way, in the good times and in the bad times. He wants to work with you and be there with you and have this, this personal relationship with you, not just an angry God that sits up in heaven and punishes us. But he is a God who reaches down to pull us back up from our pit. And as we're reflecting and starting a reflection time, I want to I have you ask yourself of where are you in the storyline? Are you still running from the true grace or are you ready to enter into a lifelong dialogue with God? Jonah should fill us with hope that while we were still sinners, he sent his son to save us, that his mercies are new every morning. Right now, are you going down like Jonah? Are you sitting on grace and have accepted his grace, but you're not striving for his presence every day in your life? The gospel is when you're at the bottom, he's reaching down. That's the offer on the table. He wants to, for you to grab his hand and pull you out of your pit. So right now, I want you to examine yourself and figure out what is God saying to you? Is he calling your name and saying, I want to save you. I want to reach out to you. I want to grab you up from your pit. Then listen to him. Is he saying, I, I got your grace. I'm saving you, but come closer to me every day. Then follow him. Whatever he's calling you to do. This is what we always ask you every week. We ask you, what is God saying to you? But then also, what do you want to do about it? Don't just let him calling you out of the pit. Have you go right back to the pit. But get in a relationship with people around you that are safe. Get around people that are like-minded, that want to uh, help you get out of your pit and stay up with, close to God forever. In a second, I want to pray for, for two groups of people. The first one is going to be those that feel like they're far away from God, that have never, maybe you found yourself in the pit and you don't even know how you got there and you realize today that God loves you, that he created you, that he sent Jesus to, to save you and you can accept him in a second. The second group is going to be for those that have experienced God's grace, but maybe you've taken it for granted. Maybe you've just been kind of walking around with it, not really using it, not really appreciating it. And we're going to pray for God to help us to get back on track. So for those of you guys, and again, for the rest of you guys, just pray with us. This is a community where we want to pray together for one another. So if, if you um, can lend your faith to those who are going through hard times, let's pray for them. If you can lend your faith for those who are trying to stay close to God, even though they have struggles, let's pray for them as well. But first, I want to pray for those. If you have never heard this offer of a God that's reaching down, that wants to save you from your pit, and you are ready to come home to him and be saved and to enter into a relationship with God, I want to pray for you. So right where you're at, if this is you, just put your hand on your heart or raise it up or just, just be, pray, like be in the moment with God and this acceptance. So I want to pray for you. Dear God, thank you for every person in this room. Right now, I pray for those that are far from you that they would understand that you're reaching your hand down to them, that you're ready to pull them out of their pit and extend your grace to them. Help them turn from their ways, repent. We ask you for your forgiveness for the things that we do wrong and that you'd help us to become closer and more and more like you every day. Now I want to pray for the second group as well. If this is you, if you just, if you have God's grace in your heart and you, 
you know he's came down to save you and he's got you, but you've kind of been drifting away from his purpose, drifting away from his call to be close to him. I want to pray together to get back on track with him. Dear God, I pray right now for, the, for every person in this room to be reminded of your goodness and your grace that we wouldn't try to swim away from you or get away from you, but that we try to stay close to you and be in your, God, in your presence. We thank you that you are taking us back with open arms, like the prodigal son returns back to his father. You're there for us and you're ready for us to come home and just spend every day of our lives with you from here on out, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.